Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hola, hola, mi gente. I'm Jessica Yanez, and this is the Wine and Chisme podcast. A podcast created to amplify voices and share the stories of people from BIPOC communities doing remarkable things. All while sipping on a glass of wine. So welcome to your new Wednesday. The Wine and Chisme Wednesday. to see you seriously I'm so so happy it's so crazy how we met right we met through clubhouse I think you're like the third person I've interviewed that I've met from clubhouse oh how cool yeah that power of social media right oh my gosh (laughs) it is but you know it's so funny also I was saying how I have like a whole new crew like all this whole New York crew from clubhouse yeah I mean, I had some friends in New York already, but now I'm like, dang, I got like a whole little crew now in New York. That's right. So when we, you know, when you come on over, we'll definitely show you around and have a good time. But yeah. I know. I cannot wait. But before we get into the cheese man, I tell everybody what you do and how fabulous you are, oh. as if people didn't already know. <laughs> we got to start with the wine. Yee-hoo. So I know you went and got wine. You're so sweet. So this is what I'm drinking. Um, I am drinking the Esfuerzo Wine, Santa Barbara County, 2019 Pinot Noir. We had this last night on our wine tasting. This is the last glass of it. I saved it for you. So it was that good, huh? Girl, this is one of like, and I love Pinots and everything. And I appreciate a lot of wines. This is one of the smoothest Pinots I have ever tasted. And it's a blend. And it's five clones. So five different types of Pinot Noirs. Oh. And you can really smell like the cherry in it. Mm, um, yeah, it's kind of earthy, but you can really smell the cherry. I feel like you can also smell kind of like star anise. And it says it'll pair seamlessly with crown roast of pork, rack of lamb, chanterelle mushrooms, risotto, or smoked goda cheese. Mm-hmm. So, you know... But I would, I had this, I, I had this with um, lobster ravioli. I made lobster ravioli last night okay. with a butter and I used, because um, I started out with a Riesling. So, mm-hmm. you know, one of the tips that I have been now starting to learn and use is whatever you're going to be drinking that night. So I was, I did have the Riesling last night, but then I switched to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so I cooked with the Riesling to make my sauce. So the Riesling was in my sauce, but then it was also in my glass. Ah. Right? God, I never thought of that. I never thought of that too until I, until I started learning. And I was like, oh my gosh, dad, that makes total sense. Because then it really goes together. Yeah. So I made like a spinach 
um, like mushroom shrimp sauce to go over the lobster ravioli. Oh, you're making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get back to the drink. So what you drinking? <laughs> well, unlike you, I am not a wine connoisseur. So it's a very simple jam jar and it's red wine. I mean, I, I all your wording is fantastic, but I'm just going <laughs> to regular poke over here, which is have a jam jar, the name of the brand, and it's red wine. Ooh. Well, salut. Salut. There's my sound effects. <laughs> don't, don't, spin. <laughs> don't spin on your wine. Oh my God, you have me rolling. <laughs> I was about to spit it out. <laughs> you know, since we're not in person, we can't do that in person. So we got to figure out how to, how to make it work. Innovative. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you girl have quite, I was reading your bio and I was like, damn, I'm like, okay, this woman is just, I love when I read, because like I said, we know we met through Clubhouse, then we followed each other on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're a good hype woman. You know, so I, I saw you too. Don't even play. Because I saw you jamming. I'm like, okay, man. Oh, you saw my, my dance video. It was so cute. Girl, let me tell you, my friend is like a legit dancer. <laughs> like he's a legit, but I met him off TikTok. <laughs> off Social media, I tell you. And he is a legit dancer. So I was feeling down. His dance really, really helped me. Love that. And we'll get into like how yeah. all the things that you do and how that can help. But I started learning it. And I told him one day, I was like, one day I'm going to learn one of your dances when we were talking on the phone or something. And we, I think we were, we were talking on the phone and I was like, oh, remember when I said that I was going to learn one of your dances? And he was like, no. And I said, I learned one. He's like, you did? And I said, yeah. And I wasn't quite ready. And then we talked again, like when we talked later the following week, I said, okay, I'm like, I really practiced it. And he was like, okay, then let's, let's get on FaceTime and let's do it together. And I said, okay. And then he was like, you should post it. He's like, you did really good. You should post it. So I had to practice a couple more times because it's different. I said, okay, I'll do it with you. And, and I, but I also was like, but you know that my booty does not go as high as your booty. (laughs) My, my booty is a lot bigger and my center of gravity is a lot lower. <laughs> Do not get the high. <laughs> I can't. No. That's too funny. So I and but I was so nervous because that really took me out of my comfort zone to post something it was like great. that. It was fun. So thank you. But you know what? You have to learn, right? You learn because I I think so many of us want to cultivate, but you're fun all the time. Like every time we see your social media, you're like, yes. And I'm learning to be more, I mean, I am like that with my friends in person and on the, I'm, I'm a really goofy person. And I think people hear that like in my personality here, but I don't always show that on social media. And I was like, I need to really show that part of myself because I don't want people to think I'm, I don't think people would ever accuse me of being stuffy, but also I don't know why I get so nervous about showing my silly side, like just being totally dorky because I am totally dorky <laughs> i could definitely see that I don't, you should definitely show that more just i mean 
I'm just I'm just that person. I like to be transparent and just be like authentic and fun. So yeah. But sometimes we might think of like people, how what would they say about that? Like how are they judging me? But it's like if you're being yourself, then no one really can tell you it. Well, I'm learning another dance, but this one's way harder. All right. There's no jumping, but it's the it's the <laughs> arm movements that are really hard. Mm-hmm. And he like tags me and he's like, this is your next one. I'm like, oh, fuck. OK. <laughs> All right. I'm on it. I'm like, damn it. I thought you forgot it. about me. Damn it. No, it's my fault because I told him to send me dances, which I do appreciate. I do appreciate because it give, it takes me out of like anything when I've had like an like a bad day or whatever. But anyways, let's get back to you. No, no, because I like that. I like the, you, the chat. <laughs> yes, girl. Go, oh, that's what we'll do. We're going to do that. Lots. You're a Latina entrepreneur. You were named the, there's so much on your bio. Seriously. You were named the number one fitness trainer in New York City. You were the former, former owner of Triple Threat Bootcamp Fitness Studio. You now have an online fitness platform. You have been featured in New York Times. Forbes, Shape, Women's Health Magazine. I'm reading this and I was like, oh, I know her. <laughs> oh, okay. You're like, I, she follows me. She knows her. who I am. <laughs> and, but what you like, what you have in your bio is like, as far as your energy and passion for training and empowering, girl, you see that every single day in your post. You. you see the joy every single time you post something. You, I, it just makes me happy. Right. When I want when I look at your post. So let's just get into it. But before let's let me ask you one question. Yes, you're Puerto Rican, but are you are you New Yorkican? Or would you would you are you New Yorkican or are you Puerto Rican that moved to New York? No, I'm a New Yorkican. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just was wondering. <laughs> yeah. My my mom was born there. My dad was born here. But both sides are Puerto Rican. But we are very proud of where we're from. So New Yorkian is fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, one <laughs> thing when I was. That term here. I don't know. what I guess because we are from New York. We don't really yeah. use that. Because, yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've, sat, I've heard um, like Calexican before, like people that are from California that are Mexican. Oh. We I've, I've heard that from other places. I never heard that until I went somewhere else. And they're like, oh, you're Calexican. I was like. What the hell is that? <laughs> because there's a town called Calexico over here. And I was oh, like, no, I'm, yeah. I'm Mexican. I'm from California. Like, I'm from San Diego and I'm a San Diego girl. Like, I'm not from Calexico. <laughs> and they didn't know that there was a town called Calexico. So I was just like, no, that's weird. <laughs> well, I was reading like your story. And one of the things that you had said is that you grew up with a dad who had kidney disease, kidney failure disease. How old were you? Like, was this his whole life? How old were you? And the reason I'm starting with that is just because I feel like that probably formed everything else in regards to your life. So how old were you when you when you started understanding like the challenges that he was having health wise? Well, at a young age, I mean, he got it when he was 16 years old. So when I was born already, he had that illness. So it's kind of like a way of life, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, like my mom and my sister, that's why we're so close because we went through those um, experiences together with my dad, like literally sleeping on hospital floors 
and just like constantly in the hospitals, you know, just so many different treatments and things. So it was, I guess it was just, again, a part of my life. It wasn't like a certain moment where I thought, oh, my dad is sick. It was kind of like, I knew that in general, but his energy and my overall family's energy was just to stay as positive as possible and enjoy life because you don't know when it's your last day. Wow. So that's kind of how I grew up and it molded me into the person who I am now. Yeah. I feel like when, especially kids, when they go through something like that at such a young age, it makes them grow up way faster. Do you feel like it made it kind of just kickstarted you into growing up faster? Because this, those are heavy things that you have to deal with, with as a kid. Yes, absolutely. I feel like I have, I was definitely older than I I was like, in a sense, like my mm-hmm. mentality was older um, and just wanting to take care of my family and support them and, and all that fun stuff in a sense, like I had to grow up faster, but we still had a great life in a, with my dad. So mm-hmm. it was like, we grew up fast, but it was um, a bunch of amazing experiences that we had regardless of his illness. Yeah. Do you, how do you think that affected your view just of the world in general, being that you felt like it, you grew up a lot faster, but you also were trying to keep a positive outlook? I feel like those can kind of be opposing dynamics. Yes. I think um, growing up a little faster, it wasn't bad because I enjoyed like having those adult conversations in a sense or like when the family's together and like all your aunts and stuff are talking like you're that kid that's there, like just just listening in, peeking in and just like having those conversations with them. But um, with my dad being sick, it would it made me look at life differently just because when it comes to health and fitness, that's why I am in it. Seeing someone that had an illness that didn't have the capability to do certain things. And then why I came into fitness was because most of the people have the capability, but they have mental block. So it's just re rearranging your thought process and really enjoying life and not letting little things stop you from becoming the best version of yourself. And I think I learned that tremendously through my dad and our experiences because he had those situations where he couldn't do certain things, but he didn't let that stop him from providing for his family, still being in a positive mindset. Of course, not all the time because he's human and he was going through his own trials and tribulations in a sense. But I think that's why I am where I am and why I think the way that I think. And I take care of myself to the best of my abilities, but I still enjoy life. And my mission is always to help others be the best versions of themselves. Because I grew up, again, with a father who was ill, who had that. But then there's other people who don't have that who are stopping themselves. So that was that has always been my mission is to help those people. Did your mom, because obviously she had to be the main caretaker, I would assume. Did, I feel like when people take on those roles as a caretaker, they tend to not take care of themselves. So what was your mom's like? How did she manage that? And was she, did you notice if she was or wasn't taking care of herself? 
She was pretty good, honestly. I think we as a family made a lot of changes just in the way that we ate. She is the main cookie, you know. She um I see your post when mom's here cooking. <laughs> I was like, is, can I go? <laughs> yeah, like she's she's amazing. And and I love her for that because growing up, like now as an adult, I see the decision that she made to be with my dad because they were together at a young age, 16. So knowing that he wasn't sick when they met and before then, and then a year or two later, he then got this illness and she had an option whether she. Especially at that age, that's really young to be like, okay, cool. I'm going to be here for you. Yeah, that is tough. And she even had discussions with like her mother about it. And her mother was like, are you sure? But she's like, I can't leave him. can't do it. You know, like she felt responsible to be there for him and, and love him and, and be the caretaker and take control. And that's really her personality. And I get that from her because I definitely have that personality, that strong woman, like nothing stopping me. I'm driven. I'm going. That is her personality. So I don't feel like she ever put her, not her health aside. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that more like maybe her social Social life, in a sense, she put that aside for my dad, but I wouldn't say her health. I would just more say, you know, not having as many um, friends, maybe, or um, outings with friends just because she was taking care of her ill husband and her children at the same time. Well, plus, you probably have to have friends that understand that because you're in a completely different phase of your life when you are a caretaker. Absolutely. Um, is your dad still with us or has he passed? He has passed. He passed away seven years ago. Well, I can see how much he affected you because I can see like the light. I feel like I see light and sadness in your eyes right now. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's he was definitely my role model, my like go-to man. Like literally I was his tomboy because my sister's a little bit on the girlier side but she still had a little you know athlete feel in her but me straightforward like I am the tomboy for sure so we had that bond when it came to sports and stuff so and just overall like dreams and aspirations that I had he was my family in general but specifically speaking of him he was very you know supportive and would do anything for his kids so yeah it was was beautiful um memories that we had I mean, that's the most important thing, right? When somebody passes that you're able to hold on to their memories and you have really great memories to be able to hold on to. So speaking of sports, because we were talking about that earlier and I was saying how I consider (laughs) I was a girly tomboy because I'm, I'm really, I see your eyes. I love that term. Like, it's like, I didn't even think of it. I love it. (laughs) Well, yeah, because I was a cheerleader on one hand, but then I was, I played catcher in third base in softball. And when people hear that, they... I feel like they just don't know how to comprehend that. They're yeah, like, how exactly. does that happen? <laughs> but you played softball as well and volleyball. Yes. When did you start incorporating sports? And I was kind of a late bloomer. I started playing. I started cheering in third grade and played softball and started playing softball in fifth grade. So I was kind of late. Gotcha. But when did you start like incorporating sports into your life? Since I was eight years old. Yeah. So that, third grade, that's about third grade. Yeah. I think. I, you're better than me. I, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, about 
eight and it just that was just my love and my passion like I had so much fun like I played a lot with boys again tomboys so it's like I'm super competitive and they'd be like oh you're a girl you can I'm like okay Mm -hmm." so it was definitely eight years old and it's been like that ever since yeah so eight what uh i mean yeah i think if you play well especially if you play with boys but i mean actually it doesn't even matter because i'm super competitive and i played with girls and i was like uh-uh oh yeah. hell no Ooh. right da, 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 da. even in cheerleading i mean there's competition in cheerleading but even with other things i was like no i'm gonna do this even better like <laughs> certain things i'm terrible at yeah, I was like, no, like the person doesn't even know. You're just like having this own conversation in your head. Like, I'm going to beat your ass. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Girl, so true. That's so true. Because you're just like, you only in my head. You're like, oh, you don't even know. You think, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you know that song? Like, it's like one of the TikTok songs. It's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Like, that's what I'd be like. Oh, I'm going to good. No. Okay. Like imagining that person as the you know that's what i would imagine obviously that wasn't there then but now that i think about it putting it into con to today's context i'd be like there you go there you go <laughs> Such, it's a so i know now that's gonna be playing in your head the rest of the day <laughs> just like baby shark anyway <laughs> oh no don't do that don't put that oh, one in there <laughs> But when you play sports, like fitness has to be part of that, right? Even if you hate it. But did you always like, because I was not somebody who is like, to this day, I don't run. I hate running. The only reason I would run when I played sports is because when you hit the ball or when you have to go after the ball, you got to run, right? Like that was my, I didn't, I didn't ever mind. Like if we had to go in the weight room or anything, I was cool with that, but I hated cardio I hated running did you always love that in sports like every aspect of it no I also do not like running at all <laughs> <laughs> no 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 no. I love the weight room and I love always practicing like that was my yeah. favorite like I love that competitive feel like making plays and things like that that was my favorite thing running any cardio or 6 a.m. workouts at the track, shoot me now. Hate it. Don't like it. But um, the actual, like, holding the ball in your hand and really practicing, that was my favorite thing to do. Yeah, agree. I hated it. And then we would have to run, even for cheerleading, we would have to run the freaking bleachers. Yeah. Up, across, Wait. down, across, up, across. Why? Who says, like, why? <laughs> I'm like, we don't chase anything in cheerleading. Why the hell are we running bleachers? But it was for endurance. Whatever. I get it. But the coach was a jerk. The coach was also my mom. <laughs> I am so bad. I did not know that. Oh, you. Oh, my gosh. That is so cute. And that's terrible. I'm like, what? That coach was such a jerk. <laughs> my mom, by the way. <laughs> I'm gonna have to send her this clip just specifically. Have to send her this. She's gonna be like, "Oh, really? (laughs) What is she gonna do now? What are you gonna do, Mom? Nothing." (laughs) Okay, so silly. 
I want to get into your fitness stuff because you there's you have so much stuff going on and I feel like in the last year I feel like fitness just in general people are always want to talk about it always trying to figure out what can I do what can I do but in particular this last year and and currently and going forward so much has changed in regards to gyms being open gyms being closed this that like how people are accessing fitness or what they're doing like the emotional toll everything has taken on people that whether they decide how they're processing it. Sometimes fitness becomes a higher priority. And I think for a lot of people, me included, it hasn't been the highest priority, but I've been back on it because, girl, I tell you, those dance videos, I was like, ooh, that should not be jiggling. <laughs> I can't. That's so silly. That should not be jiggling. Hey, look, you saw I was wearing a hoodie. I was wearing a hoodie because I was like, it hides the jiggle. <laughs> idea. See, you still get the movements in. Yes. Perfect. Yes. But if I'm recording that, I was like, oh no. Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. no. (laughs) So how did you get into it? Like, when did you figure out, obviously growing up sports, a lot of times people want, did you play sports in college as well? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because then a lot of times, like if once people graduate high school, I feel like they either go hard at it or they just that was the one thing that kept them going and then they just drop it. But the fact that you went into college, that gives you access to so many other things because you have to work in the weight room, right? You have to like they schedule those times with you. How was that transition? Well, I got scholarships to play both sports. So it literally was my job. Oh, that's awesome. Where did you go? Felician University, it's in New Jersey. So yeah, so definitely it was structured. It was um, scheduled for us. We had to attend these workouts, games. It was a hard to juggle, honestly, academics and sports, but... Because you did both sports. I did both sports. You did... Once I was done That's with crazy. one sport, I then started the next one right away. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's a lot. Because most college athletes are just one sport athlete. You have to choose. Yeah. So to be a two sport athlete and go to school. Yeah. How did you, like, honestly, how did you do that mentally? That's a lot. How, like, was that crazy stressful? It was, I mean, yeah, but it's like, I want to play. So I have to do what I have to do, you know? (laughs) I made it work. I mean, the teachers, I mean, the professors were understanding. They know that, like, being an athlete is a a job. So they would help us extra and and give us any other, like, extra credit or anything that we needed to continue forward. But, yeah, it was literally a full-time job in addition to going to school. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. You know... So tell me if I'm wrong, because I would think it would be almost it could be a vicious cycle or not. I guess it depends on the person. I feel like maybe for me, it would be a vicious cycle where you're like, I'm this is a full time job that kind of stresses me out. But then also the the workout and the playing helps de-stress me. But then it stresses me out because Mm -hmm. I would imagine that kind of plays with your mind, at least with me. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's. Also, it's a sport, it's competitive. So, and it depends on your performance as well. So it's not only like, oh, I'm playing a sport. Like this is literally my job. And if I'm not performing correctly, now it's really fucking with my head. So 
just a lot of other little things. And then school on top of that, you know, just exams and attending the classes and actually, you know, engaging in those classes. So it was a lot of work, honestly, but I wouldn't trade it for anything because I literally went to school to play sports. Like my husband hates when I say this, but it's like, I knew kind of what I wanted to do. I know it was like some type of business I wanted to do. Both my parents had their own businesses. So I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't want to work for anybody. So I was like, I'll do something along those lines. But <laughs> <laughs> but I want to go because I want to play. And I'm yeah. being completely honest. And he's like, oh my God, stop saying that. I'm like, he's like, don't tell anybody that. I'm like, definitely. I'm no, you. but I think that's good because some people just know, right? Like I did not grow up in a family of entrepreneurs. So that's not, I feel like the mindset of an entrepreneur and, but I knew I was always, I always felt like I was different and everything doing the stuff that I'm doing now is completely different than my fa- anybody in my family. Didn't, they just graduated high school. They didn't have any secondary education. So for them, it was for us, as long as we were we, uh, working and getting our nine to five and get, having something stable, which we've realized in the last year, there's no such thing as stable. No such thing. And. It's just one of, so that's how I grew up. I didn't grow up with that entrepreneurial, what type of things did your parents do? So my mom has a nutritional business and then my dad had his own construction business. So he did a lot of plumbing, a lot of electrician work. So that's the type of work he did. So it was really planted in, that seed was really planted very early. Yeah, because they never they, wanted me to work for anybody. Like literally I wanted to work for like Equinox one time and they were like, no, like you have, the power to work for yourself. And I'm like, okay. And I've, I've literally have never really had a, a nine to five job. But those Ever. words are powerful, especially coming from your parents, right? Cause like I said, my parents were never like, you can work for yourself. You can do this. They were like, you, you need a job. <laughs> you need to do this. You need to do that. Okay. Well, it's, you know, a different mentality and it's not wrong or right in a sense. It's just all that they knew. So, yeah, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, you make your own destiny. So I'm super proud of you. And I'm excited to continue to see you grow. Oh, thank you. See, girl, you're such a good hype woman. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you so when did you figure out like fitness is what you wanted to do? So I graduated college and I got a, a degree in sports marketing and management. And I kind of just was like, mm, I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> and I was just at home like. Mm, I'm not sure. So I ended up, my mom was like, why don't you get like a Zumba instructor, instructor certification? I'm like, okay, I like to dance. Why not? Let's do it. So I ended up getting that and I started there dancing and doing classes and it was really fun. Like I love dancing. Then I was like, I want to do training. Like I love training. I was trained my whole life. I want to train people like I was trained. So I started training my sister and her best friend at the time in my parents' living room. I would move the couches over, the chairs. I'd be like, mommy and daddy, you guys have to go to the room. <laughs> go to your room. <laughs> go to your room. I have clients from six to nine. Like, you got to stay in here. And they would crack up. And, and again, like, my parents were so supportive. So it's like, they're like, okay, whatever. They'll, they did it with no problem. I started there training them, social media, word of mouth. I then started doing boot camps. I was doing Zumba, but I stopped doing it to then do fitness. I became a trainer, got certified doing that. 
I started doing boot camps inside my parents' living room. Again, we had a house. So I would use the stairs as like cardio base, come down. I had some weights. We would do stations. Then I would go outside to our um, backyard and I would do boot camps there. Since it was getting too tight, there's too many people. So I would go out there and I would do it there. And I was like, it's doing really well. So then I started going to public parks, so even bigger. And I would have like 50, 60 people. Wow. So it was fantastic. So my dad ends up saying, why don't I make you a studio in our garage? I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Like, I love training. Let's do something. So he starts creating that and really putting that under construction in a sense. But unfortunately, he passes away before he finishes it for me. So then I say, in my head, I'm like, I got to finish. I got to finish what he started. So I end up renting like a small little studio. It doesn't have an elevator. It's on the third floor. I'm literally trucking all of my equipment up the stairs. I had like three workouts per week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, let's say. And I would have like three classes within that time frame. And it was great. And I was like, but I need like my own space. Like this is not what I envision or what my dad envisioned for me. So I ended up opening Triple Threat Bootcamp. Triple was because it's my mom, my sister, and I. Threat is because we three Latina women in the fitness industry, family-owned, which you probably would hardly ever see, in the neighborhood that I grew up in. I didn't have access to a place like that, somewhere mm-hmm. where I could work out, have a community. You didn't really find that where I grew up in Brooklyn. What, what neighborhood, neighborhood did you grow up in? Um, Crown Heights in Brooklyn, New York. So I wanted to create something like that for people, for a younger generation, including my generation. So we ended up doing that. We had it open for five years. It was fantastic. We built an amazing community. Again, featured in the New York Times, Forbes. We were on the news. We did so many beautiful things. And then I decided I wanted to impact more people globally. So I said, I can't really do that in that specific space. But I wanted to add in Triple Third Bootcamp, the logo was a footprint, like a boot print. Mm-hmm. And that was for my dad. Since he did construction, he wore boots all the time. So yeah. I wanted to incorporate him in that um, and make him know, let him know that he was in our thoughts and that we created that around his vision as well. So I ended up, we ended up closing the studio and I now have in my own online fitness platform where I provide live on the men workouts, um, nutritional guidance, personal development tips, and just overall a fun experience for people that don't necessarily live where I live. That's kind of where it started. So it was in my parents' living room, then turned into my own studio, now having an online platform where I can impact more people. So that's kind of how it it grew. <laughs> no, no, that's so crazy. I mean, that is literally step by step it's like you see the growth you see you you starting with your sister and then you have you going to your backyard and then this and like that is really awesome and now you're you obviously I'm doing your workouts I'm mixing it with because I have beach body on demand as well so I'm mixing them yeah and but I love the fact that Every, first of all, let me just say, I love the fact that you, and I don't want this to sound bad because it's not bad at all. Like uh, you still have a butt and hips 
And because you see so many, like, right, you see so many people that are trainers that are this, like, super flaquita that you look at somebody and I think all of us look at people and want to emulate something, right? Oh, I would love to have, and we all have our own things. We, we all have our own bodies so we can only be who we are and bring the best out of our own body that we can, that we can bring. But you look at somebody and you're like, oh, if I had a flat stomach or I have this or I have that. But sometimes you look at people that are in the fitness industry and they're not built like when you're a, you know, you, when you come from the Latino community or you come from the BIPOC community, many times our bodies are built very differently. Absolutely. Did you find like, who was your audience? Cause I know you said when you were growing up, there was nothing like what you were trying to build in your audience. Was that who your audience was when you had your physical location and how has that transitioned to what you have online? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in mostly Black and Hispanic neighborhood. So we didn't really have anything like that. And I honestly didn't see, like you mentioned, fitness professionals that look like me. I am a fitness professional and I can lift heavy, but I still have cellulite. I still have love handles. I have stretch marks and I'm okay with that. Totally okay with that. And And you look amazing, by the way. Let me just say, (laughs) you do look amazing. Thank you. But I wanted to build my own lane. There was nothing like that. And I still don't really see that, you know? So I wanted to build that lane to make people that look like me or that maybe have something that they could resonate that I have, make them feel comfortable, make them feel welcome. Let them know that fitness is not always what you see on social media or on commercials. It could look like you too. And I didn't have that again in my neighborhood, in a sense, a place where we can work out, feel good and be healthy because this is all about being healthy. This is not about, again, fitness is not one size fits all. Just because you're super thin doesn't mean you're healthy. And just because you're overweight doesn't mean you're healthy or not healthy. So it just, it, it's all over the place. So fitness, but my goal is to always show people that you can be, have these things. You can have a little bit of cellulite. You can have love handles. You can have stretch marks and still be in the fitness industry or still be fit, healthy. And I always say um, one of the most amazing athletes in the world, which is Serena Williams. I knew that's who you're thinking of. Yeah, because it's like, she is the most amazing athlete, like, hello. And she is built very different. And I love to use her as an example because a lot of women are like, oh, I have seven, I have this, and I'm like, okay, but how do you feel? Like, put that to the side. Let's think about like, how do you feel when you're doing something specific when you're in fitness? So I always go in the more mental feel than just physical. And that's something that I enjoy doing because it really enlightens my community. It doesn't make them feel like they have to focus on a skill. It makes them think twice about how they actually feel when they finish a workout or a few weeks later, how are they feeling? I feel stronger. I feel confident. I feel powerful. So those words are so important instead of just focusing on an actual scale. Oh, girl, I'm on a scale. (laughs) No, my parents have one every once in a while. I'll get on it. And then I'm like, this is why I don't scale. <laughs> I need to stop saying stuff like that while you're drinking wine. <laughs> you're not, we're not timing it right. 
So does your like community online reflect across communities of color as much as it did in studio? Absolutely. Yes, for sure. Um, I feel like it's just a variety of amazing people. It's not just like, one, again, not one size fits all. Like yeah. I have people who look like me, who don't look like me, who are thinner than me, who are bigger than me. It doesn't matter. Like they all feel comfortable. And in terms of level of fitness, everyone's welcome. Like throughout my workouts, I show modifications for people who are beginners. I show advanced. If you feel like you can really push there, we take, you can, you can take it there. So again, it's, I wanted to feel like everyone can do this. And I feel like I do a good enough job where you feel welcome, where you understand like, okay, I might not be there, but she's showing the modification. Maybe in a few weeks I can do that other version. So just giving you also like excitement towards your journey and be like, okay, I might not do that now, but I know I can do it in the next few weeks. So just giving those little pointers is so important when you have a business because you want people to feel comfortable and you want them to feel like they can achieve these goals. Maybe not at the 32nd, but it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. This should be a part of your life and just feeling good overall should always be your main priority. I know that you were saying you really focus on the mental aspect. What are some of the blocks that you feel people, like some of the most common and some of the hardest mental blocks? Because if you're not willing to start, right, it all starts with the first step, right? The journey, what, is, what is the saying? Every journey starts with a single step, something like that. I don't know yeah. if that's exactly it, but we'll just say it is. <laughs> you get the point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what are those mental blocks? Because sometimes it's literally as much as taking a walk, but especially in this last year, because I feel like that's just added so much pressure, so much like a, just a whole, just a whole nother layer as the pandemic has been continual for over a year now. I think just starting not believing in themselves, thinking of what other people think, judgment. But I feel like the most one is not believing in themselves and also them not feeling worthy of it. I think those things are so important. And throughout my fitness journey, again, I focus on that mental aspect. And that's why I'm so strong about it, because I grew up in a household that was very positive (laughs) and very driven to words and how they made you feel. So I feel like I need to continue to bring that to others because maybe they didn't grow up like I did. They didn't have that positivity around them. They didn't have that confidence around them. I feel very confident. I've always felt very confident in myself. And again, as I grew up, I didn't, when I was young, I didn't understand why people didn't believe in themselves. I'm like, why? Like, (laughs) hello, like you're amazing. (laughs) Like, I don't get it. But I think as I grew up, I was able to understand that life experiences molded these people you know especially at a young age now as an adult I think it's important that we start to layer that off a little Mm -hmm. by little and really bringing out the person that they're supposed to and I think that comes with that mental so that's what I practice a lot a lot of words um so you're part like you part fitness instructor part therapist yeah (laughs) Pretty much. And that's funny you say that because my sister is a therapist. My best friend is a therapist. My mom is in the nutritional mental health space. 
So even though I'm not, you know, like a professional therapist, but I feel like as a fitness professional, we are also in that because when we train people, it's just not like we're training and I tell you what to do. Like we're literally, literally having conversations. Yeah. Well, it's the same when you're in sports, right? You have to get over the the mental thing. You have to keep going. You have to keep going. There's, there might be people that are listening to this and thinking, okay, she's talking about all this positivity. I've, I, yeah, I'm trying to get into that, whatever, but has she ever had a bad day in her life? Like, is she always positive? Because if she's always positive, this is just not me. Like, have you ever had anybody tell you that? Like, what have, like, how has that experience been? And what have you done? Because I know everybody has those days where they have to dig themselves out of the hole, right? Get themselves out. Mm -hmm. What has your experience been in regards to like, when you had a time of that? And then how do you respond to people that are like, okay, she's way too positive for me? (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. Well, one thing is you can't please everybody. So that's number one. Number two, of course I did. My father died. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was the hardest day of my life to be. And honest. obviously you were very, you were very close. To I him. was very close to him. I was 25 when that happened. So it was kind of in the middle of me becoming an adult in a sense and really having my feet on the floor, like really establishing who I am. So it was a very hard time for me and I felt numb. I was just going through the motion. I didn't really, I say all these things, like I got a studio and all that, but there's stuff behind that, you know, there's not warning in a sense or just pushing forward and not thinking, not, not letting that kind of affect me, but it did affect me, you know? So of course I've had those moments. And like I said, I've, literally just gone through the motion and I just blocked it out for a while. But then I could have taken that experience and just continue it in a negative state of mind. Like, forget it. My dad died. What is the point of doing this? I could have gone in that route, but I decided to take him, take what he did for me and turn it into something beautiful so that I can continue to help other people. Did that happen right away? Absolutely not. Was I always positive? Am I always positive every day? No, I'm not. But I think that just takes more energy out of me mentally, physically. So I literally, I tell myself, you're fired for 24 hours. That's it. That's the only, that's the amount of time you have to feel down, to talk negatively, whatever it may have you, you have that time. After that, you're back on. You're back. So... That's and those hot. cannot be wash days. <laughs> Girl, it's not, yeah, talk about not being positive. That's one of those times too. But <laughs> Okay, just so you guys know, Samantha has curly hair like I have curly hair. And we've been on many of a clubhouse room talking about wash days. And you actually even did a whole reel on wash days. Yes, because it's rough. That's that's a negative moment in my life. Let me tell Talk about you. She has a negative moment every like once a week because you have to wash tomorrow. That's why I have my hair in pigtails. Tomorrow's wash day. We're we're washed. We did deep conditioner and we have a leave-in conditioner. That's what we're rocking with. So I did that yesterday. So that's why we're tamed right now. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I have those moments. Don't get me wrong, but it's like I don't want to waste my energy on that. Like I don't. Like I. 
I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess it was just the way that I was grown up. Like, I just don't have time and the energy to spend on negativity. It's not going to get me anywhere. It's literally going to keep me where I am. Well, or- negativity breeds negativity, right? Exactly. And exactly. same with positivity. If you mm-hmm. are positive, it's easier to maintain a positive attitude. Yes. Not to say that you won't ever get it, but I think when you get into a, a dark place, if you're somebody who tends to have po- be more positive, it's almost easy yourself out of it. Yes. I like how you said, I'm fired for 24 hours. Deal with it. Because we have to feel our feelings. Absolutely. We have to, but that doesn't mean we need to wallow. Yeah. Like feel it, understand it, and and move forward with it. Like you don't want to be in that state of mind because you're literally will stay there. And you don't want that. You want to grow every time. You want to be better than you were yesterday. So you're human. You're going to have those moments. I have those moments. But when I do, I move my body. I watch something that makes me laugh. Like I change, I try to change anything that I'm receiving to continue to move forward in a positive manner. Do you do all of your workouts? Everything you do is at home or obviously you were just on vacation. You were doing stuff there as well. Mm-hmm. I called her a bitch earlier because it was so beautiful. <laughs> I was like, damn it. But yes, most of my workouts are at home based, Um, but I could take my workouts and do them at the gym if I wanted. Like literally you can do them anywhere. Like you said, I did it on vacation. I didn't have weights when I was by the beach. I had frigging water bottles. Like literally you just need to move your body. And when I say move your body, it doesn't need to be a full on workout. Like go for a walk, dance, stretch, just breathe. You know, so when people are like, oh, I have to work out every day. No, I mean, you can start wherever you feel comfortable. If you want to just go walking, jogging, walk faster, dance. Yeah, you won't see me jogging. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do the dancing, but not the jogging. Yeah, I'll do the dancing. I like break. I do appreciate breaking a sweat. Actually, I'd posted something the other day for my workout. I think I posted it on your your page. Yeah. I am not like one of those girls who's done working out and looks all pretty and glistening. No. You can tell I've worked out. But um, yeah, no, I'm not either. And I love to do like an after workout selfie and just be like with no filter. Like this is how you can look like this Mm -hmm. is supposed to look. (laughs) I have no shame in doing that. No, I used to go to this gym in Dallas where they called that gym the meathead gym apparently and it's where the gym bunnies and the meatheads that's what I was told but that's the closest that was the closest one to me and I would be there like full on working out look in the mirror and I'm like ooh, I look a little rough and then you would see these girls that would be there and I'm like you were here before I got here I'm leaving you're still here and you haven't even broke I don't I don't even think I've seen you get a machine or it's been like really like slow motion, like they were in a, I don't even know. I understand. But I was just like, mm, no. Yeah, not my crowd. Yeah. Yeah. No, to- oh my gosh, totally not my crowd at all. Cause I, I didn't make friends with any of those girls, but I did make friends with the guys. In fact, the guys that I met at the gym, when I moved, they all moved me. <laughs> they were my movers. That's the way to do it. You see? Yeah. You know, you just got to do it. <laughs> Oh my God, you're so cute, okay. <laughs> so now with everything that's been happening, the one thing I love is 
I would, I would imagine there was probably some impact to your business over the last year, but because you do everything at home and you show people all of these things can be done at home, I would imagine maybe it had less of an impact because people were already used to that. How did like, just tell me how it did or didn't affect your business over the last year. It was actually pretty good for me. (laughs) (laughs) Did you find that more people wanted to move and to take part in the things that you were doing? Yeah, I think it also depends on the trainer. And I always say this, like there's so many fitness professionals, you know, like there's so many movements you can possibly do, but what makes you different is you, the actual person and your personality, what you bring, what you give to your community. And I felt like that was a big part of my growth in my business was that like, of course, there was other trainers and, and, and fitness coaches that did on online or at home workouts. But what made me different is my personality and what I gave to my community and giving that extra push of just not fitness, but really talking and having conversations and building relationships, I think is really important. So I don't think it affected me. I mean, it didn't affect my business. Actually, my business did, is doing much better and bigger and I'm expanding on other great um, things that are coming very, very soon. So I'm so, so excited to share that when it finally comes out, but definitely I, I'm, I'm fine with what, you know, that, that move of everything being at home. No, that's so awesome because I do always notice that I'm like, Oh, she's always at home. That's so great because it shows people you don't need a lot of space to work out oh yeah and i did it in the hotel room like i did it on vacation i did my workouts my live workouts in my hotel room right there i was literally like i couldn't move that much in terms of like the camera so i was like this is what i'm working with and i got it done and it was fantastic so and again i use water bottles like yeah when there's no excuse when you can move you can move your body every day you know so that's why i Like if you want to do it, you'll find a way. Absolutely. What are, if somebody wants to start, what is the best way or best thing to start with? I always think walking is the easiest thing. You don't need equipment. You just need tennis shoes. You don't need anything. Mm -hmm. Outside of walking, what is the easiest thing to get started with? Dancing. Literally. Not like, not like choreographs, like just put on some music. As you're cooking, as you're washing dishes, cleaning the house, listen to the music, dance a little bit, move your body. You'll feel it. Also stretching. Like if you're at the desk for a while, stretch for five minutes. I usually do my stretching in the morning. Five minutes is all I do. I have my meditation music on. I do my affirmations in the morning. So getting a routine going is the best thing you can do. And of course, life happens. I went on vacation. My routine was all over the place. You come back, it's still quirky. My sister comes from Texas. It's all the way her son. And it's like my freaking whole. He's so cute, by the way. I love him. But my whole routine is off, you know? So it's like once you have the routine, life happens, things happen. But you eventually will go back to it because it's something that you know you feel comfortable with. And you can incorporate those things. So like you mentioned, walking, dancing, stretching, 
those are great ways to start. And then little by little add along the way, maybe a workout. It doesn't have to be 45 minute workout. It could be 15 minute workout, 20 minute workout. Start where you feel comfortable and always remember that this is a marathon. It should be a part of your life. It should be something that you incorporate. Just like you eat every day, you breathe every day. You should be moving your body every day. I think the other big part of it, and this is, I know for me, like this is the, it can be the easiest and the hardest part is eating, mm-hmm. right? Because isn't, so, I mean, if you're working out every day, that's great. But if you're eating like crap, you're really not doing anything. What are some, what would you suggest some of the easiest things to do to start? Because you can't ask somebody to just completely change overnight. I feel like you're, like you're just setting somebody up to fail. Absolutely. What are some of the good like exchanges that people can start to start heading in the right direction when it comes to their, what they're putting in their bodies. I think it's just being mindful of how you feel when you eat certain things, you know, like, so what I do is 80% of the time I eat pretty well. The other 20 is like, I'll have that one uh, pizza, ice cream, cookie, whatever it may have you, but there's balance. A lot of people want to go on a strict diet and it's like, now you're restricting yourself and you're going to feel that. And then eventually you're going to collapse in. So I always say just easy, easy, easy. So start just adding little things here and there. If you're having too much of this, let's say you're having soda, you drink soda a lot. So every week now, instead of having it five times a week, you're going to have it four then three, then two, then one, then not having it. Instead of just saying, no, you can't have it. There has to be some type of, you know, like progression in a sense. Um, You can't just strictly go into it. So I always say meal prepping is important, or at least having the ingredients that you want for that week. So just prepping yourself, preparation equals way more success than not being prepared at all. So can I add to that? And what thing like I find is helpful for me Mm -hmm. is maybe not necessarily full on meal prep, but cutting all of my vegetables up ahead of time. So I don't have to have the same exact thing, but then I'm not spending time prepping. I might be like, oh, wait, you know what? I want to make this or something instead. And instead of having to prep everything, it's already cut up for me. And for me, that makes it easier because it's very, I always like something different and I always want different things. Mm-hmm. So for me, that I find that works for me. That's great. I totally agree with you. Like I do that a lot with my fruits. Um, I prep them automatically. As soon as I come from the grocery store, like I do that because it's easier and you tend to want to go grab something. So why not grab something healthier if you have the healthier option waiting for you? So I clean them, I cut them, I put them in their refrigerator baskets that I have specifically for that, and it's ready to go. So I totally agree with you. Having things that are already cut up is much easier than just having it there and just like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't buy what I know I will gorge on. Yeah. Like, I just don't even put it in the house. It's always at my parents' house. So I always eat like crap when I'm at my parents' house. Cause I'm like, Oh, okay. The, oh. You can totally yell at me. I understand. I only, only do this when I'm at my parents' house. Cause it's <laughs> something I did growing up and people might think it sounds totally weird and gross, but I don't care. <laughs> 
I like cup of noodles crushed up raw with hot sauce and lemon. Your face. <laughs> is that like a chip feeling? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Kind of. It's like, yeah, it's crunchy. Uh-huh. My mouth is watering saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. But I don't ever, like, I don't have cup of noodles in my house. I don't ever get it. I go to my parents like once every other month or every few months. So that's where I have it because they always have a cup. I don't know why they always have a cup of noodles. <laughs> I don't get it. I think it's because my dad will sometimes like that's like a munch. You think he's like a permanent college kid or something. <laughs> that is different. But, you know, everybody has their thing. That's OK. But you do it in a moderation. Like, you do it. that's fine. Like, it's OK. You're human. I always tell people like. It's fine. Like, I, what did I have the other day? I don't even know. I What's should... your favorite snack? What's your favorite like, non-healthy healthy snack? Huh? Non-healthy. I knew you were going to say that. Um, I like popcorn and raisinets. I don't know if that's so non-healthy, but... That's... Well, how do you make your popcorn? Do you, do you do microwave popcorn or do you put it the stove? I do like, like... I forgot the name of it. It's like, it's like made with sea salt. You do microwave popcorn? No, no, no. It's like already popped. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Oh, so I love like I love popcorn's one of my favorite snacks. But I put it over the stove. I make it over the stove. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I'll do, I'll, so I'll do a couple of different things. It's salt, <laughs> salt, because I, I can do it all kinds of, I make it so many different ways. I'll do salt, pepper, nutritional yeast. Hmm. Salt, pepper, Parmesan, like, or sometimes it's just salt, pepper, Parmesan cheese, and hot sauce. Oh. I love my hot sauce. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes I melt a little bit of butter and sriracha, and you drizzle that on. Okay, girl. Look at yeah. you. Oh, girl. <laughs> just tell me. <laughs> and then my dog loves popcorn. He knows when I put. Like he knows the pan that I use. He'll he'll put his little head over the couch. Oh my god. And as soon as he sees me go for it and he hears the drops, he's like standing there and when he hears the those first couple popcorn pop, he runs to the stove and sits there and, and waits for me to give him popcorn. I can't. That is so freaking cute. I'm going to have to record. I think I recorded it once, but I'm really going to need to record that because it's it's hilarious. He's like, here's a, and then he's like, but he books it and just sits right in front of the stove waiting. And obviously it has nothing, right? When it's popping. And then I just give him a little bit and the vet said it was okay. Cause I was like, um, my dog loves popcorn. Is that Okay. And he's like, well, how, and then he's like, well, how do you make it? And I was like, well, I make it over the stove. He's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Like, that's healthy snack. So I'm a big popcorn person. Too. Oh, yeah. See, popcorn. I mean, I love like oatmeal raisin cookies. I love hot chocolate chip cookies in the oven. <sighs> I don't like chocolate. No, what? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I love chocolate covered almonds. Oh, you don't like chocolate? No. To me, the worst part of chocolate is the smell. That is the worst part of it. Yeah. I wish people could see my face. I know. <laughs> but they're probably making the same face. 
I think it was, I said something about that on the last podcast, on one of my re- earlier podcasts, and I had a friend message me saying, we cannot be friends anymore. <laughs> and I was like, but you like wine, so of course we can. Okay, so let's talk about that because I love my wine. Yeah, I mean, hello, the one she said. <laughs> but I don't drink wine every night one of my friends asked me he's like so do you like just drink every night and I was like no I can't drink every night like I love my wine but there's sometimes I don't drink at all until the actual podcast like until I'm recording so what is the good like when it comes to alcohol and working out what is considered moderation too much like how because you don't want to drink your calories right absolutely so how are you how do you determine if you're like what is actually a balance to be able to still enjoy yourself yeah because i take a sip (laughs) (laughs) again like moderation i mean the best way to do it is like to take a shot that's like the least calorie best way is not added sugar if you are making your own drinks, try to literally have like fresh, like real juice, like literally. That'll be the best too. But shots is the best on the rocks. Club soda with any of the alcohol that you have. Um, wine, I mean, I have, I don't drink like that. So I'll have wine, but like if I go out, I'll have a drink. If I'm out with friends and everyone's getting out, get one. But for the most part, I would say the best way to do it is if you can, if you're making it yourself in terms of an actual drink, get fresh juice. That way it's less um, artificial flavoring and sugar shots and and moderation again, like having it or just cutting down to one drink um, if you're out with friends. So just like that. So you're still enjoying yourself, but you're not overdoing it. Well, last night we had a wine tasting. So I've basically <laughs> gone through. Yeah, I was like, uh, I just went through an entire bottle in less than 24 hours. <laughs> well, that is different. You have a different career, sweetheart. So. <laughs> okay. All wine connoisseurs are here. I'm, I'm hoping to be a wine connoisseur, but at least I got permission from <laughs> this, this. It's your career. You got to do what you got to do for your career. But you, like you said, you don't drink every night, which is good. So again, it's moderation. That's all. Yeah, I really think people think that I'm out. You desperately have to go do a wine tasting. I mean, I did go to Valle de Guadalupe on Sunday. (laughs) You know how many wines we tasted? Oh, my gosh. Forget it. 17 wines we tasted. Now, these were not full pours. These were like mini, you know, like tasting pours. (laughs) But... But at this point, like you're tasting all that wine, like do you get like tipsy? Like where is that? Where's that falling? If that happens? um, I did. I mean, may, I didn't. I didn't get drunk for sure, but I would say, hmm. I mean, I was feeling good. Okay, feeling good, just <laughs> like, like I, I should. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I was feeling. Yeah. And yeah, and then we actually like, yeah, it was good. It was wonderful. So if you come, we'll have to go down there. You come yeah. to San Diego, we'll drive down there. It's only like an hour and a half drive. I would love to do that. I've never done that. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. But yeah, I would, 
But yes, agree. Like I don't drink every night. I'm sure people here and they're probably like, oh my gosh, she's probably drunk every night. No, I still have work to do. Like I still got things to do. If I was drunk every night, like the podcast would not be able to come together. That's true. Cause it's, um, I don't know if I'm a one woman show. I don't know about you, but same. So yeah, we, we have many hats so we can't be drinking every day. No, not at all. (laughs) But I want to give you the opportunity because I want to be mindful of your time as well and respectful of your time in case I didn't touch on anything. Do you have any, before I ask like the final couple questions, do you have anything that you would want to add to this? No, I feel like you've done an amazing job of <laughs> sharing my story and, and letting me share it as well, in a sense, asking specific questions. But for now, I, I'm good. So thank you. So far, so good. And if people want to find you, social media, website, can you share what those are, please? Yes. So um, I, my best platforms are Instagram and TikTok. Uh, my Instagram and TikTok name is so underscore Monty. That's me. So S O underscore M A N T I. And my website for my my online platform is live.somonty.com. And that's where you can find my online and on-demand workouts and nutritional meal plans, recipes, all that fun stuff is there. If you have any questions, just shoot me a DM. I'm more than happy to help in any way that I can. And we start with the wine and we end with the wine. So what is your favorite type of wine, red, white, or rosé? And do you have a specific brand that you like or type? So I like red wine. And again, I do not explore <laughs> too much, but I do like jam jar. And there is a like a farmer's market where my husband grew up and they make their own wines there. That is actually they have a delicious peach wine. So good. Really? Right. But I really like that. That's so good. And we enjoy that tremendously. Um, so yeah, so those are the two, I guess, like on the sweeter side, cause I don't like it too dry either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, more sweeter side. Samantha, thank you so much. I love you. You're just such, you just have such amazing energy you and I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and you guys go check her out. Go follow her on Instagram, go follow her on TikTok, check out her website. And then until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wine and Cheese Med Podcast. For more information on today's guest, please see the show notes for links to websites and social media channels. You can check out all things Wine and Cheese Med on our website, thewineandcheesemedpodcast.com. There, you will find the names of wines I drink each episode, as well as additional information on me, the podcast, and you can even apply to be a guest straight from there. You can also find us on social media at The Wine and Cheesemate on Instagram and at The Wine and Cheesemate Podcast on Facebook. Remember, if you want to hear more Wine and Cheesemate, please subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star ratings are appreciated and those positive reviews are appreciated even more. Until next time, saludos.